What's going on, coaches? Happy Fourth of July here in a couple of days. We're gonna we're gonna have uh, smoke some ribs, couple racks of ribs, get to hang out with our family. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy that. Get to be around family. Be safe with fireworks, like we told our kids. Don't light any in your hand and throw them. Just light them on the ground. Uh, if you guys need anything from us, you can check out everything we're doing over at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by JTO Sullivan's The RPO Framework, A Roadmap to Success, uh, which is a course that he has created over RPOs. JTO Sullivan uh, is a former NFL quarterback. He's been on a few of our podcasts that you guys have heard, and now he's got a course all over RPOs where he dives into it as a coach for a quarterback and for the casual fan. Understanding the core components of RPO and the way RPOs are constructed, taught, and executed is a great way to jump and accelerate your football IQ. In the RPO framework, a roadmap to success, he'll walk you step-by-step through the entire process of understanding, executing, teaching, building, and appreciating RPOs. Great RPOs are made and understood from a macro and micro perspective. In this course, he will show you a proven step-by-step process that can take your RPO understanding to the next level. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Tom Yashinsky. Coach Yashinsky is the head ball coach at Onalaska High School in Onalaska, Wisconsin. And I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Listen as we talk with Coach Yashinsky about his coaching journey from the Air Force and serving in Afghanistan back to Wisconsin to become a head football coach. We also talk about a great subject near and dear to RTP's hearts, pounding the rock on the ground with some gap schemes. You can follow Coach Yashinsky on Twitter at tyash42. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, uh, Tom Yashinsky on Alaska, Wisconsin. Um, grew up in a, in a city uh, west of Pier. Well, it appears the town, but uh, there's an east and a west side to it. And, and so I played at West of Pier High School under legendary coach Bill Turnquist. He's top 10 wins in the state of Wisconsin, um, Hall of Famer. Uh, and, and we weren't very good when I was there, um, but, but learned a lot from him. And um, so I graduated from, from there in 2003, and I, I went to the Air Force um, right away out of high school. That ended up taking me to Alaska, went to Eielson Air Force Base, Alaska. And, and so summer of 2004, I was sitting um, sitting in my dorm room in Alaska thinking I need to do something. So I walked over to the high school that they had on base and they had uh, some, some practice going on there. Um, you know, like a, just a summer open field or whatever. And I sat and watched and the coach eventually came over and talked to me and, you know, I said, Hey, I want to get into coaching and whatnot. So I ended up volunteering there and, and I, I coached there. So I coached in Alaska for three years, uh, 04 to 06. We, 
we had some interesting bus rides. Some of our conference games were 12 hours one way on a bus. Um, so we, we put on some miles. I saw a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the state of Alaska from the bus, uh, you know, bus seat and through a window, um, uh, coaching a state title game there in 05, um, didn't win, but, but still a fun, fun experience. Um, from there, I, I got out of the military in 2007 and I went to UW lacrosse, uh, and I, I decided I was going to try and, and play football there. Um, you know, so the first meeting we had, probably about 150 players in the room and they had to cut down to a hundred. And I don't know why they let me I think they just felt bad for me. I don't know why they let me, uh, let me in the room because I wasn't any good in high school. So I'm not sure why they thought I would be any good in, in one of the best division three conferences in the, in the nation. Um, you know, there are 150 players in the room and I was probably about the 160th guy they wanted on the team. So, um, you know, it took two weeks. They gave me two weeks of practice like everybody else. And, and I sat down at the defensive coordinator and, he, he, he was trying to, you know, sugarcoat it for me. And he said, uh, uh, you know, well, you're a young kid and, and you know, you, you work hard in the off season. And I looked at him and said, I'm 20, I'm 22. I said, I'm older than everybody here. Uh, so can I just be a student coach? Yeah, it's probably a good idea. He said, you know, like, of course it is. I'm, I'm terrible. Why would you guys want me playing, you know? Uh, so, so they, they made me a, a student running back coach. I did that for a year. Um, and I really wanted to get back to high school. Uh, so that was 2007 was the year I was at UWL. Um, I really want to get back to coaching high school. I, I, the college thing was, was fun, but you know, one of the things that I didn't like about it was I was a full-time student taking 17, 18 credits every year. I want to get out of college in a hurry. You know, I was already older than everybody else. Um, and we'd play on Saturdays and we'd be in the, in the film room or, you know, in the office on Sundays at, at 8 AM and we'd leave at about 8 PM you know, and I said, I can't do this for four years. Um, I need to, I need to get a degree. Uh, so I went over to a local high school, which is, you know, it was about five miles from, from UW lacrosse, uh, to on Alaska. And I, I didn't even know where the place was. I had to Google map it. I remember. And I, uh, went over there and I met with coach Dieter Antoni, who's now in the hall of fame in Wisconsin. And I, you know, I just said, Hey, I want to coach, you know, do you got a spot for me? So, um, they made me the running backs coach and we were running triple option flex bone back then and coached there with him for, for four years while he was the head coach. Uh, and then in 2012, he decided he wanted to retire from, from teaching. And we had, you know, we, like a lot of the nation, we had some political stuff that had happened around that time. And uh, he, he had to re retire from coaching as well. That was one of the things they said, if you're going to retire, you have to retire everything. You can't just retire from teaching and, and keep the coaching job because the state said you couldn't collect a paycheck for X number of days from, from the school in any capacity. So he had to retire from coaching too. It wasn't, wasn't his choice in terms of he, he didn't want to give up that job, but he, he kind of had to. So, um, initially I didn't apply because I didn't want it to look like I was trying to take his job and, and whatnot. So I didn't, I didn't apply. And then they asked me in, in mid June, I don't know if they didn't like the candidate pool or more, I think more so anybody that they wanted turned them down. Uh, so they asked me and they said, Hey, would you want to, would you want to apply for that coaching job? And I was 20, I think I was 27 at the time. Wow. No, nowhere near ready for it, you know? Like I, none of us usually are ready for it, but, uh, but even less than, than most, I think. So they asked me if I wanted to apply and, and I, I did. Um, and you know, obviously if they're asking me at that point, they were going to give it to me because they had nobody else. Uh, so I got hired in, in like, I was like June 25th or something. It was late and, you know, 
and everybody that was on staff except for one guy um, left. They were kind of loyal to Coach Antony, and it was you know it wasn't an easy transition for everybody because uh, he had a, a longtime staff that really respected him, and they didn't really they didn't they didn't like how how everything went down in terms of. Uh, um, being forced to retire from the coaching job. So, you know, it wasn't, I'm, I'm, we're on good terms now and everything. And, and it was no intent on my part to, to take his job, but it's just how the, it played out with the, the rules that followed the hiring process and the retirement process. Um, so I, I took over as head coach in 2012 and, and been the head coach ever since. So just finished my eighth year and um, done a lot of different things. You know, we started as a flex bone team 2011. We had a lot of good, spread type you know athletes so we we went to the spread and threw the ball around the yard um 2012 when I took over I said hey you know I, I'm we're gonna do it what we did back at West Pier when I was there and said I want to run the I formation uh didn't have the kids to 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 really do it we only had seven seniors that year and we're a school of 930 kids so um you know we didn't we, we were not good my first couple of years uh and and really took it on the chin we didn't play good defense we didn't run the ball uh, we got a lot of running clocks put on us uh, we switched it up, ran a little split back veer in 2014 and 15 and had some su success with that. And then I hired a, a pretty good uh, offensive coordinator and he was a quarterback at, at UW Lacrosse and by the name of Andy Sires. And he came in and he really helped us install a, a solid spread offense. And we, 2016, uh, we threw for 4,400 yards and 49 touchdowns in 11 games. Um, and, and that one, you know, I don't know if that was good coaching. We had a quarterback that got recruited at the D2 level. We had two wide receivers that are currently at D2, and, and we have a third one that's playing hoops at a D3 level. So we just had a lot of a lot of talented kids that year. So I don't know if we were good coaches or just had good players, but sometimes good players make you look like good coaches. Um, and ever since then, we've been been a spread team. Now we've we've run the ball a lot more than we did that in 2016. We've become a team that really likes to try and run the ball, and we, you know we run power counter. Um, and we still throw it, but we don't throw it like we did that year. That was kind of a special, special group that allowed us to do that. Um, you know, you don't you don't get groups of athletes like that uh, every year in a school of 950 kids. So, um, but but it was still fun, and you know, still learned a lot, and 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 made some good memories along the way. So it's been a it's been a journey, uh, but it's been fun. So so, coach, when you decided, hey, we're going to I, we're going to start running some power and and encounter. What are what have been some of the, the things that, that you guys uh, need to do well, do you think, uh, to run power? What are you guys looking to do with that play? Um, what are some of your, I don't want to say tricks, but what are some of your tips? What are the things that you're, you're making sure you're, you're pounding into the head of your kids when it comes to the first of the year and you guys are installing power? Yeah, so, you know, I'll tell you, when we, when, when we first started, in 2012, when we said we were going to be I-formation, I don't think we understood the intricacies of, of the play. Um, we didn't know how to window dress it. Uh, we didn't. We didn't know how to how to teach a fullback the right steps, you know, to to kick out a, 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 an end or when to you know when to block an end with a with a tight end and when to let the fullback block him and all that. So we we really didn't know what we were doing. I would say our first couple of years. Uh, lately. Uh, you know, now we run a lot of power counter, but we do it from the gun. We're we're in the gun, and and uh, we use like a sniffer, you know, an H. Um, we've gotten last year we had a big tight end. He's going to Winona State in Minnesota to play uh, probably defensive line, but we we played him as an inline tight end, and we you know we ran a lot to his side. Obviously, he's two hundred and eighty pound kid. Um, 
but you know, the biggest thing for us, I think is, is really getting movement on that, you know, three technique or the first guy inside of the tackle, whether it's even or odd front, we got to, we want lateral movement. Um, we want to try and run it at the A gap and, and run it as tight as we can. And that's something we always have to coach our, our running backs is keep it tight, keep it tight. We don't want them bouncing it out and making it a, a, a tough block for that, for that H back. Um, you know, the wider you run that play, the more important that H backs block is. And, and if you, if you keep it tight, you, you don't have to have a world beater at H to, to, to keep that guy outside. But if you're going to bounce that thing wider as a running back, it makes that H's job a heck of a lot harder. Um, and I would say we're, we're probably a better counter team than we are power. And when I say counter, I'm talking garden H. Um, we, we don't do a lot of GT of garden tackle. Uh, it's something we're looking to, to do more of this year. Uh, but uh, we have some athletic linemen, but uh, we haven't in the past. So, um, you know, I, it took a lot of studying of watching some other people to try and figure out how do we time that H up on our counter yes. to, to get him uh, to wrap and to, and to get to where he needs to get to. Uh, because, you know, if you're too slow, that linebacker is going to beat you there. If you're too fast, uh, you're going to beat the guard there and it's just going to be a jumbled mess and you never have any time to read that kick out by that guard. Because if that guy spills it, you know, you got to go around it. You, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't still try and fit it in there if, if you got an end that's just gonna just gonna spill it, you know, and, and make sure that you can't kick them out. Uh, so, and actually, what I, what I did to, to teach myself that was I I watched Kimberly, who Kimberly had the longest winning streak in the nation here, and I had some of their state games uh, recorded off my DVR. So I just and they have a really good power counter team. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just sit there and watch them on slow motion and I'd watch their H back. What are his steps? You know, what 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 is he doing? And he'd kind of do like a karaoke step, you know, like a, a, a step, a crossover, and then, um, and then get going. And so I just I recorded it on my phone, put it in the huddle, and showed it to our H. And I said, all right, do that. You know, like I, I, don't, I don't know what exactly that is, but that's what you're going to do. Uh, and that's what we do every year is we teach that, that kind of that karaoke step to, to get those guys um, – at the right pace behind that, that guard. And this year our H kind of struggled to identify who he was supposed to block. And that was probably um, uh, something on our end that, that we needed to coach better. Two years ago, we had, a, you know, like a three, nine kid that played that. And he, if you called the wrong formation, he got you into the right formation. We'd be yelling at him. Hey, you're lined up wrong. He goes, no, I'm not like, no, I'm not. You told me we were running this play. I knew I got to be here. Um, those are fun kids to coach when, when, you can't, you know, no matter what you tell them, you know, they're going to make you right. Um, this year we didn't have that kid. He was, you know, last year, the kid was a three, nine this year, the kid was probably a two, nine. So, uh, then you got to make sure you're on point with how you're calling everything. Cause otherwise they're going to do what you tell them to do, even if it was wrong. Um, so, and you need some of those kids sometimes too, you know, that, that just do what you told them to do. Um, but that, you know, that was the biggest thing is lateral movement up front and then, and then getting that H timed up right. Um, we really like counter because we think that guard sometimes has a better angle to kick out the, the end on it. We see almost all three, four teams. Um, and it is really hard for an H to kick out a, a three, four end, especially if he's a four, you know, head up. If he's a five, it's a little bit easier, but if he's a four, um, you're better off trapping him with that end and, and wrapping it with an H than you are uh, kicking him out with an H, I think. Um, 
you know, and if, and if we see three, four teams, that's when we get our tight end in the game and we'll down block everything. And we'll, we'll, we call it blast, but we, uh, it's power blocking scheme, but we we're going to down block everything and our guards just going to pull a gap wider. Um, and we'll run it, you know, a little bit wider than what we would on the a gap. Um, so that's how, that's how we run our power counter. We used to run zone 16, 17, we ran zone and I scrapped it because I said, we're just not good at it. We can't coach it. Right. Uh, we can't teach it right. We don't have time to run power and, you know, or gap schemes and zone at the same time. I didn't feel like, and any time on film that we ran a play, a zone play, and it was a good result, it seemed like it was because of good athletes, not because of good coaching or blocking. So, so we scrapped it and said, we're just going to put all our time into power counter gap schemes. So coach, I love it. So my biggest problem, we have never just been a really good counter team. I, I struggle with, I think, teaching the guard more than anything because it, he's got to be so heavy inside to get that thing kicked. But then it's like times that we get our, this end that, that rushes up field. And for whatever reason, like the timing with the fullback kicking that guy out, we've never had a problem with him running like around the play to, and make the play. But for whatever reason with counter, I don't know if it's the timing or, or the angle he's coming from. It's like we want to get him kicked. But if we go too far inside and the guy plays upfield, we've had times where that guy can make the play by going around us. How are you teaching that guard? What's your, what's your tips to him? What's your aiming points? What's he hitting with? Uh, how are you teaching that guard? Yeah, you know, that's something that we haven't perfected yet either. Um, especially what we'll see it is like slanting teams. So like a four, a four tech that slants out um, and he'll slant out, but, and, and maybe not even so far upfield, but just slants out and then is able to come back because we teach that guard that we want you coming basically through the center's butt. You know, you're, we're going to back our guys up a little bit, right. but we want you stepping through the center's butt. We don't want him turning his shoulders much. Um, and same, we'll, we'll have the same issues sometimes where that guy will come so tight off like the, the garden tackles, butt on that play side that he'll, he'll whiff on, on that end because the end came up field um, and the end then can make a play or, you know, he, he or the, the H then thinks he needs to take them and you'll put two guys on that end and, and you won't have anybody for the backer that's now running free. Um, so we haven't perfected that yet, but that is something that I noticed as I watched our cutups this, this season that we need to fix. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, part of it's going to be coaching and, and seeing if we can identify that ahead of time, um, that a guy's going to do that. And then part of it's going to be, uh, you know, just more drill work and trying to get those guys uh, under control more. But we try it. We want them to trap with their head in the hole and with their, where they're, you know, so if we're running counter to the left, they should be trapping with their left shoulder. We want to take on half a man, and, and keep our head, head to the right, you know, keep that hole there um, and, and kick him out with our left shoulder. Um, so, but we, we've had the same problem, especially, especially three, four teams um, that, that slant. They've given us some issues. Uh, you know, the, the other thing I think always is, is the big question for offensive line coaches is when that guy squeezes tight, are you going to teach your guard to, to log it and get it reached if the guy's too tight? Or are you going to tell him to still try to trap it, kick it out, and then let your H make you guys right? How, what's your philosophy on that? We we have just tried to trap it. Now, that's something that I, I've wanted to work on and get better at was the log and then having our H read it and, and let the H know um, or let the H decide when, you know, when he needs to go around that and get outside on it. Um, 
and when we when we can uh, still fit it in there. But I think part of the the thing there is your intelligence level of your age. Um, if you got a really smart age, I think then you can you can um, be more you know you can log or kick and let the guard decide. Our offensive line typically only plays one way. We we've been lucky enough the last couple of years to let our starting at least our starting um, five only play one way. Um, you know, there's our backups usually are two way kids and they're learning both. Uh, but our, our starting five can play one way. So we can teach those kids a lot of things. Um, but our H typically is all is a, is a linebacker, you know, so some of that then falls on the intelligence level, not of the offensive line, but of that age, is he able to read that? And, you know, some, you just run out of reps. You don't have, you don't have enough time in practice to rep everything. So you got to prioritize. So we have been a team that just tries to kick everything out and, and fit it. And, and sometimes naturally that happens where they spill it, your H wraps around and it still is a good play. We had a really good running back who's going to university of South Dakota the past, you know, past he, he's played since he was a freshman for us at the varsity level. He's made us look really good at times. So I think we're about to find out here in the coming years without him as he moves on, uh, if we're any good as coaches, you know, because you could, you could block, the whole play wrong and he's still going to get five or six yards uh, and we're not going to have that kid anymore. So we'll find out this year, you know, how much those little intricacies of the play matter. And, and we have an experienced offensive line coming back. So we're going to have to, uh, we're, we're going to have to lean on them and, and, and use them as, as the, you know, our, our weapon up front because our running backs aren't going to be nearly as talented as, as the kid that we just let go of, or, you know, that left us. Coach, you, you said it a couple of times now, you know, the, the type of kid you, you got to have at H, and, and if that's going to be your offense, obviously it's a point of emphasis, and you're probably going to have somebody assigned to coaching that position. I know a, a lot of programs don't. So how do you guys kind of develop that position, and how do you guys kind of coach and maybe earmark kids for that position because it is a huge part of your guys' offense? I tell you what, that's the toughest position, I think, to coach in terms of – where do you send the guy? Um, and, and I say that, well, first of all, we're not a super big staff, you know, so um, I don't, I only have two other guys on my staff that are in the building. Um, one's a teacher and one's a, a teacher's aide. Um, and everybody else from my staff is, is coming from nine to five jobs, you know, and they can get off uh, earlier for football season and whatnot. But, um, but my staff's not very big. I only have six guys hired for next year, including myself for 10th through 12th grade. I got freshman guys still, but 10th through 12th grade. So we're not super deep in, in staff. So we've always kind of had to be creative. Um, and, you know, some years our H's will go with the running backs uh, or, you know, some days even it will split it up by day where they'll go with the running backs and the running back coach will work a drill with them where there's a kick out, and then a running back also, you know, and then running backs cutting off of that. Um, they'll go with the offensive line because they, you know, obviously they have to learn how to block, but they got to learn where they fit off of tackles and guards in terms of kickouts and wraps. Um, and then they'll, they'll go, sometimes they're coming with the receivers and, and I coach the quarterbacks and they're coming with us because they also have to catch passes. So it, we have not perfected that yet. And our coaching staff isn't big enough yet to, to give them just an individual coach. Uh, so, you know, when we have a super smart kid, it helps us out because that kid can, can oftentimes lead the group and, and help coach the other guys. Um, 
but that is an area where we struggle in terms of coaching that guy. A lot of it's got to be coached off of film um, and, and on the fly. Uh, and, and I know that's, that's, a, that's been a big talk this offseason is how do we improve our coaching at that position uh, with the limited numbers that we have because it's, it's like you said, it's a key part of, part of our offense. Um, so you got to coach it just like you would the other spots. Um, and, and we haven't done as good of a job as I've wanted to on that. So that's, that's something we have to figure out without, you know, uh, without uh, having a guy specifically assigned to him. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you see in more and more of it, of it especially at, you know, the, the upper levels of football, especially with, you know, offensive coordinators. I know, you know, Kansas State and some of those places are having their guys, you know, the OCs or the play callers, you know, having them work with the tight ends or having them work with those H-back type guys because, like you said, they're, they're involved in everything. You know, they're going to be involved in the run game, the zone game, the gap game, and they're also going to be involved in the pass game. So it, it almost kind of becomes a, a natural spot for some of the, the play callers. But then it's like you said, you know, Rob and Peter to pay Paul. Well, now who's going to coach the quarterback, you know, or who's going to coach the offensive line? So it, it becomes a, a tough world, especially when we get into, you know, the, the limited staff sizes that we have. And, and limited practice time. You know, at a college level, that kid is only doing that. You know, he's not he's, – he's got two hours a day where he's going to play offense. Um, and our kid's going over to – you know, he's getting about 50 minutes on offense. Then he's flipping over. He's going to go play linebacker or DN for us. So, um, it's just – you know, it's – it's the smarter the kid, the, the, the luckier you get um, with that because uh, then they just naturally pick up on the on, – on what you need to do. But um, – that's, you know, that's high school football. We, we don't get to recruit and you don't always get to hire as many coaches as you'd want or have many, as many guys available as you wish you, wish you could have. Coach, I'm kind of curious, what are, some, what are some things that you've noticed that defenses have, have tried to do to uh, limit your ability to run power and counter? That, you know, the odd front really has been something that's, that's um, been kind of tough to run against. Uh, because if they have, you know, you have to decide how are you going to block that four technique? And especially when they walk up an outside linebacker, um, are you going to fan your tackle out to that outside linebacker, hoping that you can influence that four technique and then, um, and then kick out the, the end with your, with your H and double to the backside and then wrap to the play side backer. Um, are you going to bring a tight end into the game? And if you do, then what's their adjustment? Um, you know, we, we saw some tight fronts this year. I know that's been kind of the, the flavor of the defense the past couple of years here as they want to start to defeat the zone scheme. They get into that tight front. And we don't run zone, but we still saw it a couple of, you know, we, there's some good coaching staffs that we coach against. Uh, and we saw it early in the season um, with, with a tight front. And, uh, it, you know, the, the, the bear when they played a tight front was our answer to a tight front is get the, uh, get the tight end in the game and, and run off tackle. Um, well, if we we're going to do that, we were running into a kid then that was going to North Dakota state. They had this big six, five D end or outside linebacker kid that if you're going to bring a tight end in the game, then he's going to walk up on the line of scrimmage and then he's going to be your kid that you got to kick out and you're going to run at. Uh, and that wasn't going to win us the game either. So, um, uh, it was, you know, this, so that's the thing that we've kind of seen is those, does, are they a four eye? Are they a four? Are they a five? Um, how wide a splits do you want to get to try and, and widen out them to make them so that you can kick them out? If they get in a tight front, do you want to go foot to foot with your guard and tackle so you can basically turn them into a three technique and still try to double them? 
but you still got that nose. So can your center handle that nose by himself? Um, so those are, are the tough things that, that defenses have done. And then, you know, if you're going to bring a tight end into the game, are they going to get out of there too high? And they just start walking guys down into the box where you now have to account for, um, account for another guy. But, you know, one of the things that we've done to try and prevent that from happening is we're, we're a big 20 personnel team. You know, if you want to call it 20 or you want to call it 11, either way, but with an H and a, and a running back. And we run a lot of, anytime we run power or counter, our slot receiver is going to run basically just like a two yard hitch or arrow route. And if, if you're not going to walk out on them, our quarterback's just going to catch it and throw it to them. You know, it's pre-snap RPO. We don't run a lot of post-snap RPOs. We don't run any post-snap RPOs. I, I, I don't know how to coach them, so we're not going to dabble in that right now. But we're on pre-snap ones. So if, if you're not going to cover that guy, we're going, to, we're going to take it and throw it and get five or six yards, which we'd take five or six yards on power anytime. So we'll take that on a, on a pre-snap as well. Um, but, you know, that's, that's the game that, that we've started to see defenses play. Uh, that odd front just, you know, I think that's why they go to it. But that odd front gives you trouble if you don't have a, a, big, a big war daddy at tight end that can, uh, that can kind of flip the, uh, the, the power on there on offense. Are you doing that on the, on the front side of power? Well, yeah. We'll, RPO or are you, you talking backside? We'll do it on either side. Gotcha. You know, so if we have it called, you know, no matter where he lines up, um, he knows that's his his job. The slot receiver is running that that one you know that two yard arrow. Um, so the quarterback, no matter which side he sees it on, he can do it because we're not asking him to fake. So it's not like you have to um, you you have to give any sort of fake and then come back to the backside or anything like that. It's just catch and throw. Um, and it, you know it, a lot, it happens to be to the field where he's going to throw that ball often. Uh, because that's where oftentimes our, our slot guy is. Right. But, um, but it's, we, we don't discriminate uh, player play side or, or, uh, or backside. It's just, that's just an automatic on our inside run game. Coach, how much are you guys protecting it too with, you know, the, the quarterback? Is that something you guys have also dabbled in, you know, running the QB, faking jet sweep, misdirection, things like that? I know some teams have, have kind of gone to that, or has it been, you know, obviously you guys have a, a big-time tailback I've been a starter since he's a freshman. You guys are just got to kind of hand it and, and, and let him go to work. No, we, we, we love the jet sweep. So we, we got a kid this past year. He was a state champion in the 300 hurdles um, as a sophomore. And, and we love giving the ball to him on jet sweeps. We, had, we, we are a good basketball school, and we have, some, we have some athletes. You know, we don't look good up front. If anybody saw us, they'd wonder why we were playing our backup running back at guard. Um, but, you know, we don't, we're not big, but we got some athletes. Um, so we are, I, I love formationing people, trade shifts and motions, uh, window dressing it. And we, we window dress everything. We try to give you looks that you haven't seen on film the week previous, you know, every week in our, in our staff meeting, we're looking at, all right, what can we do this week that they haven't seen in previous weeks? Uh, make them, well, first of all, they're, they're going to be defending something from the previous week that we're probably not going to run this week in terms of, of window dressing. Um, and then secondly, there's going to be some sort of new window dressing that they're not, that they haven't seen that they have to prepare for, you know, they're going to have to adjust to on the fly. Um, and we we keep our run schemes the same, you know, we're still run power counter, uh, jet sweep and whatnot. Um, but it's just going to look different. Uh, we do like to run our quarterback, especially the last two years. We've had a big kid. He's going to go to UWL next year, UW lacrosse and, and play quarterback there in, in time. But, um, we did like running him. 
And, you know, so we'll get into one of the things that we really like to do the past couple of years would we'd take our, uh, our running back and we would, we would motion him out of the backfield and then either run him on a jet sweep from there or fake him on a jet sweep and then have the quarterback carry, you know, so get into an empty look and still be able to run the ball with a quarterback or run the ball outside with, with our, our, either our running back or one of our wide receivers uh, on jet sweep. And we, we like that when we played some man to man teams because uh, it really lightened the box and it got them chasing guys across the formation. And that allowed us to hit some pass plays too, because their safety would be just an emotion or whatnot. Um, so no, we like to run the quarterback. We like to window dress it. Uh, you know, and we're not going to run our quarterback 20 times a game, but in our conference championship game here this year, the last game of the season, uh, our quarterback was our leading rusher. And he, you know, he had uh, probably 12 or 15 carries because we needed, they were, they were going to shut down our tailback. That was their game plan. Uh, and so we said, Hey, we, you know, you got to carry the ball tonight. And he did a good job of it. Coach, so, so is that, go ahead, Walls. I was just going to say, yeah, the, the other thing I was going to ask you too, coach, you know, knowing you guys motion and, and run the QB, when you guys do throw some of your, your play action shots, is, is that something where you guys, you know, you'll still pull and make it look like counter, make it look like power, or is it, you know, going to be a full slide, you know, low hat, trying to make it look like you guys are, are gap, you know, gap protection, blocking down and, and running your play actions that way, or maybe it's a combination of both. It's, we, we still, we still do our normal pass pro. Like I don't have the guts to, to, to pull a guard and, you know, I just don't trust high school kids that they're going to actually block, block back. I don't, I'm afraid you're going to get a free runner. So, um, you know, and you can tell when we play a good team, they pick up on our play action game a lot quicker than some of the teams that aren't so great. You know, they, the teams that are keyed into your offensive line and reading guards and whatnot, those linebackers drop a, a lot faster than, um, than you're, you're, you're not as well you know not as talented not as well coached teams uh and, and I've seen that and I recognize that 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 if we were to pull some guards and, and make it look more like an actual run play uh we might get some safeties that are biting a little bit harder some backers that are biting a little bit harder but um uh it, it you know I, I just don't have the courage to, <laughs> to to pull a guard and make it look like counter yet I'll tell I'm you a funny, you. I'll tell you a funny story though 2018 uh playoff game so we're playing a team that had won the state championship the year before, and they actually knocked us out of the playoffs the year before as well. Um, we're, we're down to our third string running back, our, our starting kid, a really good kid. He tore his ACL his junior year, and then his backup we really liked also. He had a really bad ankle injury that he missed the last four or five games of the year. So we're on a third string running back. And, we, and, and you know, we, we liked the kid, but, but he was our third string running back, and that's anybody on their third string running back is in a tough spot. But we're a no-huddle team, no-huddle, and we signal everything in. And he, he was still learning stuff and whatnot. And so we called in uh, – we called a play-action pass in. And so our, our, our guards, our offensive line set pass and whatnot. And their, their linebackers are really well coached, and they read pass. And, and they, you know, just turn and bail. They just start running to their, to their area. Or our running back who uh, – didn't realize that we called play action pass and didn't want him to take the ball, uh, rips the ball from our quarterback's hand and runs for about a 25 yards on a draw play that he just made up <laughs> because the, because the linebackers were, were at about 15 yards and bailing at that point as he's running, running in between them and, and they're sprinting to their pass drops. And my OC goes, call that again. I said, I don't know how <laughs> we, we, we didn't call that. I, I don't know how to call that again. That would be a great play if we could, though. 
just that's just great coaching right you know we we ended up talking about it when it came off the field and we did call it again later and got you know five or six yards on it but we didn't get the same result um but yeah kid made up a play on the fly way it should be man (laughs) yeah that's exactly right that that's those are the fun ones that you always think about um you know as you get older and or, or years down and you get to talk to all the coaches and remember when that happened and it's just crazy that uh you know something big happened to you off of you work so hard and all these hours, and then uh, a big play comes off a, a, of a third-string running back that rips out the ball from the quarterback on play action. And, and you know what? He didn't even know that he did it wrong until, like, we were collecting equipment because we lost that game and the season was over. We're collecting equipment, and I asked him, like, on Wednesday, I said, hey, Ben, you know that, uh, that draw play that you ran? You know that wasn't supposed to be a draw play, right? No, I didn't know that. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's awesome. It's like the old school plays when you tell the quarterback, hey, we're running power, but I want you to keep it. You, you, you tell him he's the only guy that knows, and then you, you take off and run it. We had, a, we had a, a receiver that used to come in and he'd be our short yardage you know, quarterback. When, and this was when I was in college. You know, we were a spread team. We struggled a little bit with, with our short yardage package. It's the same kind of deal. You know, we'd run blast. We'd run power. We'd be downhill. And then we just had a play where we'd just tell him, hey, you keep it. And I'm not kidding you. The play averaged like 40 yards of carry. Because no we, one would ever, no one would ever think he had it, and he just he just take off and run it, and he's a great athlete. So our quarterback that that's graduating, he's, he's a really smart kid. He's a three nine something GPA. We're 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 really lucky. I got some really smart kids. We're we're a pretty academic school, um, and whatnot, and that helps us. But uh, he started just reading jet sweep on his own his his junior year, where because we would block jet sweep with a power blocking scheme up up front um, against teams that we knew were going to try and still squeeze with their ends. Um, cause we, if we reached them, we knew that they were going to stretch it out. So we said, all right, we're, we're, we, and we, you know, we signaled to our offensive line. So they don't know if it's jet sweep or power. They just do whatever we tell them to do. So we, we tell them power and, it, and he starts seeing that this end is, is now no longer squeezing. So he just decides to pull it knowing that he's got a guard wrapping for him and he breaks like a 60 yard run. And we, and we kind of looked at each other like, yeah, it's a pretty good play. I guess we can put in power read now. Huh? I mean, it was, <laughs> he just put it in on, during the game. But he would start doing that stuff where he would start reading the backside. You know, we'd call counter. And he would just start reading the backside linebacker and say, that guy's flown over the top, so I can, so I can pull it. And he scored touchdowns on, on probably, three or, probably five or six rushing touchdowns in the last two years on his own where he just said – I know I can pull this, so I'm going to, and you know, and we let him because he was he was right most of the time. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it, sometimes having smart kids helps. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A, lo- a lot of times. Well, coach, you kind of talked about being able to bring in, uh, you know, a, a new formation for for certain teams that that they hadn't seen that was going to be a little difficult for them to line up to. Is that something that that you try to? Um, take full advantage of the entire game or is that something that you're going to try to wait till maybe after halftime that way they don't have a half to adjust to it you know it kind of depends on on the um the, the flow of the game how well our base stuff has worked uh you know and and when it's needed so um often you know our first three plays we like to do a formation of motion, a formation of motion, a formation of motion, or a shift, and have each one of those be different, be different formations, so that you're, you know, you're you're leaving the first 
at worst, if you go three and out, you're leaving the first drive of the game knowing how they line up to six different things. Um, and, you know, usually that, that, new I love wrinkle, that, idea. that new wrinkle isn't included in that. But early in the second quarter, late in the first quarter, we're probably going to get to it, especially if we haven't been getting the mileage out of our, our, um, our original stuff. 2017, we're, so we've been lucky. The last four years, we've played in the conference championship game, the last game of the season, of the regular season. It's just worked out that way. Um, it's just happened that we've, had, that we've been scheduled to have the, the better part of our schedule at the end of the season. Uh, and we, we won three of them. We've gotten lucky enough to win conference three the last four years. But we've, but we've had big games at the last – the last game of the season has always been a big game. In 2017, um, we had two pretty good running backs. And uh, our, our one really – our stud kid was a sophomore and our other kid was a junior. So we went with, with a lot of 20 personnel that, that week. That was our wrinkle, was we were going to go with three receivers, two backs, and split backs. And we were going to um, – we called it jump motion. or It's really a shift, but we called it jump motion. And they were going to line up next to the quarterback on their respective sides, and then he's going to signal, and they both jumped down into the slot. So it became a, um, an empty formation. And they were a quarters team. They were a two-high quarters team. They always played number two over number two. You know, their safety – sorry, their safety always played over number two. So we would – first time we did it, we motioned down. And ran fly sweep, you know, and, and got some decent yards. But what we noticed was that they didn't account for our running back coming back into the slot. You know, they, they still had their safety over number two. And, and they really didn't have anybody on that guy. So then the next time we get down to about the 30-yard line, we jump and we run. We, we, just, we call it seam, our verticals, but we call it seam. Uh, and, and hit our running back for a 30, you know, 30-some-yard touchdown pass. Um, because the linebacker who thought he was going to pass him off to a safety, but the safety was over number two. And normally in a trips formation in quarters, your backside safety, then his eyeball on him. But because a running back also came to his side, he knew he had to have him because he was a new number two. Um, so the guy got a free, you know, got a free run and they hadn't seen it on film. Another one of those things where he hadn't showed it before. So they hadn't seen it. So they hadn't prepped for it. So then we get back into that formation, run fly sweep some more. And, and, uh, they scored first, and we, we, we scored three touchdowns in, like, the second quarter, first and second quarter. So we were up 21-7, and it was just about halftime. And they – I think they fumbled the kickoff return. I think they had a nice kickoff return and then fumbled it at about the 40-yard about the line. And, and my OC from the, from the booth says, all right, here's what we're going to do. First of all, we had to take one of our running backs off the field because the kid couldn't catch worth a dang. Um, so we, we slipped our, our really good slot receiver. We slipped him into the backfield. We jumped both those guys down. We fake fly sweep from the two, the two receiver side, fake fly sweep, and then had our, our wide receiver who we had just snuck into the backfield, who had motioned down into the slot, run that seam route off the, jet, you know, off the fly sweep fake. So now we had shown fly sweep. We had shown a four ver or five verticals, really, combination. But now we combined them, and we, we made it up on the fly. You know, this wasn't something we had practiced that week, but smart kids, we said this is what we're going to do as we're walking out on the field. Well, the safety now is thinking it's fly sweep, so he's got to come down. The backside safety is running with motion, not really sure what he's supposed to do, gets caught flat-footed, and a receiver runs past both those guys, and we hit a touchdown. We go up 28-7 going into the half, uh, and it was pretty much over from there. Um, 
but just one of those things where anytime we put one of those in, we want to put three looks off of it. You know, we want to run, we want to pass, we want to play action, or we want to run, we want to pass, we want to screen. Um, but we, we want those guys running on the, on the defensive side, running and, and trying to pass guys off. And eventually they're going to, they're going to make a mistake and you're going to get a guy running free. And that's, that's our, our goal as a, as an offense is if we can get guys running free, we feel like we can complete those passes. Yeah. I always love, love those, you know, like you said, the, the unscouted looks and the, the unscouted formations and, you know, being able to make those, those small packages out of it, especially when you do have, you know, smart kids, or, or even if, you know, you, you might not have the smartest kids, it, it's something you can kind of work in. You know, you start practicing it maybe a couple weeks earlier, knowing you're, you're going to have a big game coming up and, and you have those packages ready to rock and roll, especially when you're going against a team that, you know, knows you really well. They know you're a gap team. They know maybe some of your play actions off of it. Now you kind of have that, that whole thing built yeah. in and, and let's see where we're at. You know, and everything that I just described there was stuff that we did. Mm-hmm. We just hadn't done it from that look. So it wasn't like it was learning any sort of new play or scheme or anything. It was just taking a different look and, and making, you know, and, and we're going to run the same play we've run before, but we're going to run it from a look they haven't seen. And that's, I think sometimes people look at what we do and think, man, you guys run so much stuff. And it's like, well, we don't actually run that much stuff. We just run it from different looks that you're not used to seeing. Uh, and, and, but, but four verts is still four verts to our kids. You know, fly sweep is still fly sweep. We just moved guys into different spots to run it. Yeah, absolutely. There, I, and that's, I think, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll still run into coaches too. It's like, you know, they get so caught up in, well, we haven't practiced it. We haven't done it. But if you have a system and the kids understand the basic concepts of it, you can make those things and, and draw those things up, quote, in the dirt. Because technically, yes, we have run those things. We're just changing one guy or changing one little thing. The, the kids will make you right. Yeah, and I tell you what, we, we've scored a lot of touchdowns in the last couple of years off of things that we hadn't run in practice, right? You know, but throwing a post route is throwing a post route. Whether it, it, you can tell, like, well, we don't, we don't throw a post on that route combo, but we can, right? The kid mm-hmm. knows how to run a post. The quarterback knows how to throw a post. There's nothing wrong with, with putting that in on the fly um, or changing a route on the fly. Um, I, you know, I don't know how many times in the last couple of years we've said, all right, we're running this play, except – you do this, you know, and the quarterback grabs a guy right before the play and, and puts it in, you know, tells him or whatnot. Um, so yeah, we, we do that a lot. And people might say you're drawing it up in the dirt, but tell you what, if the stuff that you do practice isn't working, you better try something else or, you know, you better have yeah. an answer for, for something. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know like coach Harp talks all the time. I mean, he's, he's got an awesome, you know, tag system for, you know, extra tight ends and extra fullbacks and, and H backs that you put in the game. And it's like, you know, not necessarily, man, we didn't, we didn't practice split zone this week, but our guys know split zone. So it's like, hey, hey, they're, they're overplaying this side. Let's run split zone. And our guys know because of the tag, hey, let's put a seal tag on it or put a slice tag on it. You know, simple, easy things that, that the guys know, you know, what those things mean. It makes it easy to make those in-game adjustments and, and adjust things on the fly and change on the fly because everyone is – speaking the same language and, and knows exactly what to do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I think uh, early in my, in my career, we've had some games where, where you never had an answer and your answer was, well, we're, we're it's third and 13 and, and I'm afraid to throw the ball. So we're just going to run power again. Um, and th- those are bad spots to be in as a coach. They're, they're, your team doesn't believe in the play because you don't believe in the play. Uh, and, and you just don't have an answer for anything. And when, and when the kids ask you, what are we going to do? And you, and you got a blank stare. Um, 
you know, those are rough spots to be as coaches. So we're not afraid to, to try something different and, and adjust on the fly. And, uh, you know, maybe that's not for everybody, but that's, we're going to try something. We've told kids, told kids before, you know, when you run out of bullets in the gun, you throw the gun at them. So let's, let's give it a shot. Yeah. That's so funny. That sounds like, uh, when we were playing jinx walls, I mean, that was, that was all, all we had talked about, uh, the first year and no one had beaten them and, and forever at their place. And that's all, uh, walls talked about was let's, let's empty the, empty the bullets and, and let's hope we have enough of them uh, when we get there. Got to have enough bullets, man. And it's the same thing. I mean, I, I think it's, it makes it a lot of fun. The kids have so much confidence in it. I mean, what, what coach is talking about, I, I guarantee he's probably had, you know, players come up to him with ideas, you know, or the guys in the box, it gets them engaged because they're like, Hey coach, you know, they're, they're overplaying jet sweep or they're overplaying this. I, I think when you, when you have that kind of, you know, openness and, and listening to people and be like, Hey man, yeah, let's try it. You know, no, no stone left unturned. I feel like the, the entire organization has more fun with it and they're a lot more bought in too. We have a ton of fun. You know, kids are always, are always suggesting plays and, and whatnot. I, so um, we talk about our H back. So my H back this year, we're playing a, a good Hudson team week one and they, they had a defensive end that's going to the Badgers. And we had a lot of kids that watched the Badgers. We don't have any kids that play for the Badgers, um, but they got, they got a kid that's going to the Badgers. And so we had this H back screen in, we we're going to take our running back who was, you know, obviously our best player. We we're going to, we we're going to motion him out of the backfield and make it look like we wanted to throw some sort of bubble to him. And then we we're going to slip it to the H back underneath. And my H back who watches a lot of film, says, hey, we should, we should run this screen. So we put the screen in, and then he tells me on Wednesday or Thursday, you know, Thursday is always the time where you want your kids suggesting do something different on a play. Um, he, he tells me, <laughs> we should do it like we did last year versus other team. And I said to him, I said, well, the reason we did this last year was they're a man-to-man team. So we, the year prior, we had had the H-back cross the formation on the screen because they're man-to-man and, and he got lost you know the guy that he got lost in, in the way well, across the formation the guy that was supposed to be covering him got lost and we ended up getting 30 or 35 yards on a screen pass because of it um he said we should do this i said well we did that because they were man these guys aren't man so we don't need you to get lost you know naturally this is going to happen because of this so so we called the play in the game and i knew that they like to they like to bring heat early on the down and you know early in the down first and second down third down they really like to drop back and and play coverage, but they like to bring heat early. So I think I called it on first down in the second quarter and our kid catches it. And, and, you know, the way I, I drew it up, catches it and he goes like 50 yards for a touchdown. And he, I think after the game, I looked at him and said, so was my way better or was your way better? You know, and he, he <laughs> laughed. Um, and, and I take kids ideas, you know, I don't have a problem with kids bringing up good ideas, but I, but I always explain to them why we're going to do it the way we're going to do it you know, if I tell them no, you know, I don't think that your idea is going to work because of this. You know, I don't just tell them that's a dumb idea. Harper, you ever listen to your guys when they give you uh, ideas for plays that they want to run up front? (laughs) Normally from the offensive linemen, I don't. Um, uh, But a lot of times they're not, they're not, um, they're not giving me any new plays that we should be running there. A lot of times what I hear from them is, I don't know why you always run power to the left. We should be running power to the right. I'm tired of gap engine. (laughs) You should run it this way. Man, you know, and before, before a sideline replay, you know, the, the techniques that your lineman would give you, no, he's in a three, he was in a three, he was in a two. You know, they were never oh, right. Brutal. They, were, they were never right. <laughs> Everyone had someone in their inside and outside gap. Yeah, every gap's covered. They're, they're, every guy's blitzing. 
I don't know why these defenses are aren't getting flagged more for all these guys they got in the field. <laughs> yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly right. Coach, you know, you, you talk about, you know, going against the, the odd front, you know, and, and you being the, the head coach, what have you guys kind of done then defensively? Have you guys, you know, gravitated a little bit towards the odd front, knowing that it's, it's given you guys maybe a couple of different headaches that you've had to prepare for? Or are you guys still, you know, basing out of an even front? We're, we're a four, three quarters team. Um, and we're kind of being, you know, looking like the, the odd ball because of that. So I guess, you know, while the odd front gives us a ton of, of problems, um, a lot of times we're the only forefront that teams will see in our conference. So then they have to do something different than what they've done against other teams. Uh, so that's, um, you know, and I've looked at it and said, man, maybe we should go to an odd front because of, of the difficulty we have against it. But our defensive coordinator, I don't, I don't want to step on his toes and he's done a good job. So I let him, I let him go with it the way he, he, you know, that he wants. And he does a lot of adjusting, uh, to, to fit the way that we need to, to play a team, you know? So when we see an option team, we get into an odd front. Um, we don't like playing an option team in an even front because we feel like they get to dictate then uh, uh, where the ball goes and whatnot. And when we get into an odd front, we feel like we can attack more. Um, when we see some spread teams, we'll get into some odd fronts depending on if w- what they like to do. You know, this year we played um, – a team that they got a, a their quarterbacks going to UW Madison to play basketball. He was state player of the year in basketball. He was state um, quarterback of the year in football. So he was an extremely talented kid. And and we we still played an even front versus them, but we knew that that he liked to run the ball. So what we did was we played a four man front. Told those guys up front that they were their their job was just to control the line of scrimmage. Didn't want them rushing the passer uh, because as soon as they did that, he was a thousand yard rusher. He was going to take off. Um, and we manned everybody up outside and then we put two safeties at about eight yards that were strictly mirroring that quarterback, you know, wherever he went, they were following. And if he was going to run outside to the left, the first guy was going to set the edge to the left. And the second guy was going to, the second safety was going to set the alley or was going to run the alley and fill it. Uh, and we held the team. He was leading the state in total offense when we played him. That was week eight. He was leading the team, the state in total offense. I think he was averaging like 240 yards from scrimmage a game or something. Um, uh, rush and pass combined. And we held him to 70 total yards on the, on the game, the team. He was two or three of 14 passing for 20 yards, and he, I think he ran for 40. Um, so, you know, just one of those things where our, our defensive coordinator gets creative. You know, he's not going to sit in quarters coverage because he likes quarters coverage. If he finds a different way of doing something, uh, we're going to do it. Um, so we, we base out of quarters, but then, you know, we, we do some things to, uh, to, to put our kids in the best spot possible. And, and um, we're not static. You know, we want to we be moving around. I love that on out of defenses. I mean, I, I keep saying it. I've, I've never had the chance, you know, to, to be a D coordinator, but I know if, if I ever did, I'd want to have the ability to, to be able to play both because just like you said, I mean, you, you see so many different offenses, you know, you're, you're never going to have the perfect defense. You know, there's 14, 15 spaces you got to cover on a football field when you include gaps and you only got 11 guys, you know, you, you got to try to do the things that, you know, the, the offense does well, do the best you can to try to take those things away and, and force them to be uncomfortable. So I think that's awesome that you guys and your, your D coordinator will, will be creative like that and, and change. To me, that's the sign of, you know, a, a good D coordinator, not just, hey, I run 4-3 and, and that's what I do. Yeah, and, and you know, you got one, you got to play to your kids' strengths 
and you got to defend their strengths. You know, don't, don't let a team beat you with their strength. And if they do, because they're just flat out better than you, that happens. Um, but don't let a team line up and, and run their, whatever their bread and butter is. Don't let them line up and run that at will without trying to make them uncomfortable. So, uh, you know, four, three quarters is a great, it's a great defense to play against teams that like to throw the ball and, and whatnot. But if a team's a heavy run team and you're going to sit too high the whole night because that's your philosophy, uh, you know, it might be a long night. Your offense might not see the ball much. Been there. <laughs> I, you know, I, I love it when, when a team says we're going to stay too high the entire night. I love it. You know, we're going to call power counter you know, 40 times that night, uh, you know, our quarterback's probably going to put the ball in the air about 10 times because it, there's no reason, there's no reason to put the ball in the air. If, if, if you got the numbers up front, you know, you got the advantage. Coach, uh, I'm curious and, and would hate to, it's coming close to an hour, but I'd hate to, to uh, not ask you before, before we let you go. Um, to us having a fullback, we, we've had a fullback. We know we've been under center and tied in fullback, but um, I, the hardest thing for me is to always is trying to design a play that goes away from the fullback. Um, even, even when I think counter, you know, it's going away from where he's lined up, but it's almost like if you were to look at our fullback majority of the time, or almost all the time for a while, he would take you to the play. H have you come up with any good plays that are, that are away from him? Have you had any good ideas about that? Um, I'm, I'm always looking. Man, I hope none of my opponents are listening, but not really. You know, like, like not really. We, you know, I know that people key our H back. I know that they're looking at him. Um, you know, our, our, one of my assistant coaches would be like, man, we don't run it. We run everything at him. And I said, yeah, I know. And we still, still run for 2,000 and throw for 2,000. So, you know, it's, it's done a good job for us. One of the things that, that we're going to try and run a lot more of this year is GT, Garden Tackle. Uh, counter you know we call it gut I try to name all of our plays we don't run any we don't we don't put any numbers on anything I know a lot of people and we used to number everything but we're a no huddle hand signal team so to put a number on something to me is just a third way of a kid having to learn a play you know so you got a name mm -hmm. for a play you got a number for a play and now you got a hand signal um, so we don't so I don't do that so we call it gut and I tell I always tell that kind of joke I say you know G-U-T, guard and tackle, you know, and uh, that's how they remember that gut is guard and tackle because it's got a G and a T in it. Um, but, you know, and what we would do then is we'd put our H to the side of where both guys are pulling from, and he can block out, he can loop out, he could arc to the outside linebacker, mm. and we can read that end and, and have the quarterback protected then um, if he pulls it and whatnot. So, um, we uh, we got a couple things. It's not – we're not perfect on it and but but we've it's something we're cognizant of that look we need to change uh something we got to make it look something different in order to get their eyes off of it and you know, right. another another answer for it has been getting a tight end in the game getting rid of the h back and just putting an inline tight end and then you know we want to try to run some single back power and stuff like that so that mm -hmm. so that guy's not in the game anymore I'm right there with you, Coach. Uh, we're, we've kind of run into that same thing. It's like, yeah, everyone knows to the fullback, but a lot of times that's where the numbers are, are greater for us. Um, and so that, that's why I was kind of wanting to ask you, but we kind of come to that same similar uh, thing. Even our, uh, our name for counter is, is Gator because the same reason you said it's got a G and a T in it, trying to, trying to come up with something that kids can think about. You know, I got a lot of those 3-9 those kids that are playing the skill positions. 
I don't have a lot of those three nine kids that are playing the lines. We try to make stuff a lot simpler there uh, than than we do outside. That's exactly right. Well, well, coach, kind of rolling up now on an hour, but uh, the thing that I always like to ask guys last is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Man, I tell you what, when when and I'll tell you when you're coaching against a team, here's how I think you can tell they have a good offensive line. When your kids come off the field and they think that the other team's cheap, right? And, and not, because, not because of anything that's happening after the play, but because their kids block you through the echo of the whistle every time. You know, Wanakee is a, is a team in Wisconsin that had a really good run. They're still a really good football team, but they had a run of like 50 straight wins uh, in the 2009, 10, 11, 12 time frame. And we played them. We were, we were one of those wins or, you know, um, on the wrong end of it. But, you know, the kids, our kids are like, man, they're cheap. So they're not cheap. They just get after people. You know, they finish every block. Um, and that's what I want to see from our guys is I want to see you finish blocks through the echo of the whistle every time. And it doesn't have to be dirty. And, you, and, and nothing, you know, I don't want to see you picking guys off the pile uh, that are standing around the pile after the whistle and things like that. But I want to see guys that, that are coming off low, uh, feet moving, aggressive, and finishing blocks downfield. I got a left tackle that this, he'll be a senior this year. But that kid, man, I tell you what. So we tell him on screen plays, tell him set pass, invite the guy in. I, I, I never told him go downfield and block anybody. Set pass, invite the guy in. We're going to release the middle three. Uh, you just need to keep your guy. So his guy just comes flying past him. This is week two this year. His guy just comes flying past him. Uh, so he basically just clubs him, lets him go, and, and goes downfield. It was a tie game, about four minutes left in the game. And um, we throw a screen pass, and our, our, we threw it to our, our Y, our tight end. And on film, you see our guy, our, our left tackle, blocking like their safety or their corner at like the two-yard line to, to, to make sure our guy gets in the end zone. You know, the guy that we told to set pass and make sure his, his defensive end didn't get, you know, just don't even go downfield. And, he, and he's downfield and he's finishing a block into the end zone to, to, um, to spring a touchdown that ended up winning us the game. And, and that's the kind of effort that I love seeing out of kids. Guys that are just standing behind to play watching, I, I don't want that. I want you getting involved. Um, you know, we highlighted that play on Monday in film and, and I put that one on Twitter for that guy. I mean, that's, that's the stuff I love when guys are finishing blocks and just getting after it. Yeah, coach, man, I, to me, you know, when, when I think about, you know, running the ball and, and physical attitude football, I mean, the, the state of Wisconsin and obviously the Badgers kind of, you know, come to mind. So to me, it's almost like if you're going to play football in Wisconsin and you're an offensive lineman, to me, it's almost like, you know, part of the DNA. And I got to recruit that area. It just seems like you guys churn out, you know, offensive linemen. Uh, kids that are super tough and kids that love to, to smash the football and, and block people. It's, it's a, it's a thing of beauty, man. We're always excited to get guys from Wisconsin on. It's, you know, uh, I, so I grew up a Notre Dame fan because I never had cable TV when I was, uh, when I was growing up, all I had was, was NBC <laughs> and antenna. So yeah. I, I watched Notre Dame every Saturday because they were on either on ABC or, or NBC. Um, so I didn't really fall in love with the Badgers until uh, really until I, I uh, was was probably in my 20s where uh, I could watch them because I was I paid for my own cable TV at that point. Um, but but now I love them. You know I love watching 
offensive linemen get after it. I, I, someday I'm hoping I get to send a kid to the Badgers. I can't wait for Paul Chris to come to our school someday and recruit a kid. Uh, hopefully we'll be blessed enough to have a kid that's good enough to play there. Um, but it's, it's just, you know, it's demoralizing to watch, uh, to watch your guys just get run over again and again and again, power, ISO, counter. You know, and the Badgers run that play where everybody, everybody pulls that, that reverse play they run where, where they got guys pulling both directions and whatnot. And, you know, I, I love that stuff. It's just fun football to watch, I think. Couldn't agree more, Coach. We appreciate you taking the time and, and talking some football with us. Hey, you guys, it's been an honor. I love the podcast. I was, I, I was, I was listening um, to Ryan Lucchesi from Muskego the other night on the, on the podcast. I said, man, I got I to gotta listen to him and, and, and just, just do some studying here because on, 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 <laughs> if I'm right. going to be a guest, I don't want to mess it up. Um, but I love listening to the podcast. So you guys are doing a great job and, and uh, keep on doing what you're doing, uh, you know, especially in this time where we need a lot of podcasts. We don't have anything else to do. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.